There are two things that we cannot avoid in this life. It's sin and death. I mean, think about it. Day after day, we all find ourselves wrapped up in sin. Maybe when we're stuck in traffic, we start cussing at people uh, because we're in a rush to get wherever it is we're going. Maybe while we're out running errands, somebody catches our attention and, and uh, we start staring not just once, but maybe twice or three times and maybe for a little too long. Maybe our family or our friends or our coworkers, they start to get on our nerves and we snap at them. We, we say things we maybe shouldn't have. Maybe you start putting down people at work because uh, after all, you think you're up for the next promotion and you want to make everybody else look bad except yourself. Maybe it's the hate you carry towards people who have hurt you before, or maybe it's even an unwillingness to forgive. Maybe it's harm that you have caused in other people's lives and you have yet to apologize for them. All of us, every single one of us, are plagued by sin and we are bound by sin at one point or another. And the same is true about death. Think about it. Think about death. Have you ever met someone who is immortal, who is, is not going to uh, die at some point? Ha have you ever met somebody like that? Have you, uh, well, think about this. I don't know about you, but this last year has been particularly, uh, has particularly taught us that we are mortal. Worldwide, over two and a half million people have died due to COVID. Many more have lost their lives due to health, uh, other health-related issues, to violence, to accidents, to so much more. The reality is that death is inevitable. And someday, we too will die. Sin and death are inevitable. And the worst part is that sin and death are like bullies that keep holding their power over us, constantly reminding us that we are powerless against them, constantly making us feel weak and like there is nothing we can ever do to break the bondage that they, that sin and death have over us. And, and in a way, they're right. There is nothing that you and I can do on our own to break the power that sin and death has over us. But here's the good news. No matter how much sin and death may scare us, no matter how much sin and death may bully us or pretend to have power over us, Jesus is our champion over sin and death, which means that sin and death can act like bullies, but ultimately they have zero power over us. They have no power over us. You see, the same Jesus who defeated sin and death through his life, death, and resurrection, that same Jesus lives in us. Therefore, sin and death have no ultimate power over us. Sin and death, I want you to listen to this. Sin and death are not the bullies that they have made us believe they are. Jesus has defeated them. And because he has defeated them, we have won over them. Victory is ours and Jesus is our victor. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe that while we are unable to stop sinning on our own, Jesus, uh, through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, sin may pretend to have power over us, but sin has no power over us. Friends, because Jesus defeated sin, sin does not get to define us. Sin does not get to determine our fate. Ultimately, sin has lost all power over us. And the same is true about death. Death no longer has power over us. Death 
is not the end of our story. Death does not and will not win over us. Jesus has given us victory over sin and death. Let me say it this way. When Jesus came into the world, he came to restore all of creation from sin and death and and restore us back to God, which means that Jesus came to offer this victory to you and to me and to your neighbor and to the people you disagree with politically. Jesus came to offer uh, power over sin and death uh, for all people. Jesus is our victor, which means that sin and death no longer have power over us. So what does all of this have to do with Palm Sunday? I want you to listen to this scripture from John chapter 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. So let's unpack what's happening here. A day prior in scripture, Mary, who is Martha and Lazarus' sister, uh, she anoints Jesus with an expensive perfume. And there's this blow up that happens because uh, Judas, the disciple, he argues that this perfume could have been sold and the money used to help the poor. And so Jesus uh, says, uh, he stands up for Mary and he says, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. Now, right after that, the author of the Gospel of John says that the next day, this is a scripture we read today, the next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So the day after Jesus is anointing, is anointed, um, Jesus begins to make his way to, to Jerusalem. And it just so happens that there are a lot of people uh, in Jerusalem at that time because they're there for the festival. And the festival the scripture is talking about is the Passover. So the Passover is a festival in which Israelites would gather in Jerusalem and uh, celebrate and remember that death had passed over their homes during that last plague that hit Egypt. If, if you recall the story in the Old Testament, uh, Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And uh, when Pharaoh says, no, these, these plagues hit Egypt. And the last one is that firstborn children are going to die. But God tells the Israelites, put uh, the, the blood of the lamb over, over your doorpost and uh, your children will be spared. And so the next day they wake up and all the firstborn Egyptian children are dead and all the Israelite firstborn children are still alive. And uh, it's the Passover, death passed over their homes. And so uh, the, the Israelites would get together in Jerusalem and celebrate this big event. And so because of that, there's, there's a lot of people in Jerusalem at this point. And when they hear that Jesus is coming, we're told that a large crowd goes to the gates to see this triumphal entry into Jerusalem that Jesus is making on a donkey. Now, the scripture we read tells us that when they get to the edge of the city, the the crowd, they all took these palm branches, much like the branches behind me. They took these these palm branches, these branches from a palm tree, and, and they go out and they begin to shout, Hosanna, blessed is the one who, uh, the one who comes in the name of the Lord the king of Israel. Now, this is really important, and I don't want you to miss it. So listen to this. Two things are happening in this scripture. First, they are using uh, branches of a palm tree, again, like the one behind me. They're using these branches, uh, these palm branches, and they, and they wave them as Jesus walked by. 
And, and I highlight this because the Gospel of John is the only one that says specifically that they used palm branches. The others just use the word branches. But, but this is important because almost 200 years before uh, what this, this, this entry that Jesus makes into Jerusalem, almost 200 years before, there's this guy named Judas Maccabeus who won independent for Israel from this evil ruler. And, and he, gave, he gave Israel independence. And when he marched into Israel, he, uh, the, the crowds of people shouted praises to him and, and, and waved palm branches. You see, uh, waving a palm branch from, from that point forward, waving a palm branch meant that uh, it was a symbol of triumph and victory. So the crowd, uh, we go back up to the Gospel of John, right? So the crowd, Jesus is walking in, the crowd is waving palm branches, and we get the sense that uh, they, they know their history very well. Because just like they celebrated Judas Maccabeus as their victor, they're waving and, uh, palm branches at Jesus, celebrating and greeting him as their victor. They believe Jesus has come to offer them victory. And look, just in case we're not sure if that's really what they're doing, the crowd begins to shout this phrase, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And Jesus uh, makes his way, as Jesus makes his way into Jerusalem, the crowd is not just uh, proclaiming Jesus as King through their words, or, uh, they're also waving their palm branches. And, and uh, it's, it's, a really, um, it's a really beautiful story in which the crowd comes out and says, this is our King. This is our victor. This is a guy who's going to bring us victory. But the question is, victory from what? You see, the crowds truly thought that Jesus was there to defeat Rome. He was entering, uh, he was entering into Jerusalem for, for the sake of defeating Rome, to give is the Israelites victory over Rome and once again have control over all of Israel. But by the end of the week, as Jesus is arrested, tortured, crucified, and even eventually dies and is put in this tomb. The crowd begins to turn away from Jesus because they feel like maybe Jesus isn't the victor they thought and hoped he would be. But here's the reality. Even though Jesus did not give them the victory they thought they were going to get, Jesus did give them a victory. The ultimate victory over sin and death. Let me say that again. <clears throat> Even though Jesus did not give them the victory they thought they were going to get, Jesus did give them a victory. He gave them the ultimate victory over sin and death. And that victory, friends, was much bigger and much greater and so much better than just defeating Rome. Jesus offered them the ultimate victory. Friends, as we enter into this Holy Week, as we begin Palm Sunday where we, like the crowds, we wave our palm branches and claim Jesus as our victor. We're going to do that uh, starting this week. But here's the thing. I, don't want you to remember, I want you to remember that soon Jesus will be arrested. Soon he's going to be beat He's going to be uh, crucified. He's going to be placed in a tomb. And, and it's going to feel as if our victor has been defeated. But no matter how dark Holy Week may feel, the story that is about to unfold before us this Holy Week, this, this story 
is going to be this story of Jesus' ultimate defeat over sin and death. We are about to see Jesus win the greatest victory ever won. The question is, will you and I, will all of us, will we keep greeting Jesus as our victor? Not just today, but especially in the face of everything that is yet to come. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, on this day, your son Jesus Christ entered into the holy city of Jerusalem and was proclaimed victor by those who waved palm branches along his way. Let those branches be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our Lord and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life. In his name we pray. Amen.